0: Law Focus Podcast. Law Focus, handing you your rights.
1: Good evening, if you've just joined us, welcome to Law Focus on VALFM 88.1. Now, tonight we'll be discussing the value of petitions. What constitutes a valid petition and what happens once the petitions objectives have achieved the required number of signatures. There have been so many petitions done recently by various organizations, and individuals across the country. But of course, many of us who participate in the petitions never really get to see what happens after we've signed our names. According to Chains.org, which is an organization that really is famous for doing petitions, their Global Digital Civic Engagement Index has ranked South Africa as a top country for digital activism in the first half of 2020. The index looks at engagement between January and July 2020. And the report ranks 25 countries based on their engagement on their specific platform. So that is now um, change.org. Now, according to the platform, there were 4 million new uh, users signed up for Change.org in South Africa since January 2020. And the organization, as quoted as saying, South Africa saw a growth of 600% more users in 2020. Because we live in unusual times, I suppose over 60% of new user sign-ups uh, were regarding COVID-19 petitions. And the country also saw over 1,000% growth in signatures on petitions. The majority of these petitions included COVID-19, police brutality, gender-based violence, which are the topics uh, which mainly occupy our activism in South Africa this year. So to unpack this and really discuss it a little bit further, get a better understanding, to explain it to us a little bit better, we're joined by Clement Mabunda. He's a candidate attorney from KW Attorneys, and they're in Norwood, and he'll be talking to us about petitions. Uh, Welcome uh, to Law Focus, Clement. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So just to clarify, exactly what is a petition and what's its main Purpose. So a petition is basically a formal request that is directed
0: to some kind of authority. So perhaps in, in the South African context, that authority would be parliament, um, whether we look at it through the prism of the National Assembly or the National Council of Provinces. And the whole point of a petition is to really seek some kind of intervention from the authority or to have the authority looking to some matter of public interest. The ultimate goal, of course, would be to get some kind of
1: uh, positive outcome regarding that subject matter. Now, we have petitions all the time, you know, where we're trying, like, as you said, to engage with the relevant authority. Is there a value to the petitions? And really, do they serve their purpose? As you said earlier on, uh, there has been a rise in um, the number of petitions
0: which are made in South Africa. Uh, The challenge that I had as far as being able to determine whether or not um, there's any positive outcome or reform to petitions is that there isn't really much information online regarding the outcome. So, does it have any positive um, outcome? Do we have any relief? It's difficult to say. The challenge is that it's, there isn't, or at least from my research, it does not appear that there is much information that is shared uh, with members of the public regarding um, the outcome of those petitions. Alternatively, um, that information is not made readily available. And so that is the challenge um, that we experience in South Africa regarding petitions.
1: And in South Africa, generally, what types of petitions are we seeing you know being more popular are they legislative or it's a social issue or it's a what kind of petitions are really the ones that get you know real traction in south africa
0: yeah in light of um, the, the pandemic uh, as you rightly said in the commencement that um covert has been a subject matter not just in south africa but the world over but um also What the pandemic has brought about is um, certain circumstances, such as police brutality, that people have felt the need to address and to bring to Parliament's attention. So those are generally the two things of late that are quite popular.
1: Mm. Mm. So so let's say we have, Tapa wants to start a petition. Tapa says, okay, he wants to get a thousand signatures in order to... Close the street or open the street or whatever the case might be. I want to get a thousand petitions from my in my local area to for a cause. I then get my thousand petitions. Oh a thousand signatures, sorry. My thousand signatures on this petition and uh, I take it to the local government. I say, listen, I've got a thousand people who agree with me. What happens? I've now reached my target. And does that mean anything? Or is the target set by other persons? Or what does it mean once we hit that threshold? That required signatures? Perhaps before addressing that question it's important to
0: distinguish between two types of petitions. So we have a special petition which is a petition made by an individual um, addressed to Parliament requesting specifically access to pension or some other relief which is generally not um, provided or not legal and then we have what we call general petitions so in a general petition you can bring about any subject matter of interest to you now one other thing that we need to tackle is the issue of signatures we know that the u.s and the in general have made it quite popular uh, to believe that you need a certain number of signatures before your petition can be considered to be valid. Now, the rules in South Africa are governed by the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces. Now, both of these uh, bodies do not restrict or limit you in terms of numbers. You can either submit a special petition, as I explained earlier, or a general petition. It is up to you as the petitioner, if you will, to gather as many signatures as you would need. Now, it is also important to take into account the process within which your petition is to be submitted and the final outcome thereof. As I said, now the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces have their own rules, but these rules are quite similar. But for purposes of this discussion, I will focus only on the National Assembly rules. Now, in terms of the National Assembly rules, there is a prescribed format within which you are to draft your petition. And this petition is to be addressed to the speaker or the rules committee, all right? Now, it can be in any official language in South Africa. In fact, it can also be in braille. The petition would have to be signed by the petitioner or petitioners. Now, there is no limit as to how many people can sign the petition. It's up to you, or you as an A, you as a group, with respect to general petitions. Now, if you, as a member, as a group of persons who are petitioning, cannot affix a signature, um, for whatever reason, perhaps you are disabled, or there's some other reason that you append your signature, you can put forth some kind of a mark and two witnesses would have to attest to the fact that uh, the mark is yours and they can attest to this by appending their two signatures next to your mark right now once this has done it has to be lodged um to parliament now as far as the national assembly is concerned Particular petitions cannot be lodged by the petitioner or petitioners themselves. It would have to be lodged by a member of parliament in the National Assembly. So a member of parliament cannot lodge a petition on his or her own behalf. That member of parliament has to do it on behalf of some other independent person. Now, the member of parliament would, first and foremost, they would sign... The petition on the first page uh, indicating that they are the ones who are bringing it to the speaker on behalf of petitioners and thereafter the petition would be deposited um, at least once with the secretary of the speaker and then that secretary would submit for approval number one and if it is approved for tabling required as far as format is concerned then the speaker doesn't in fact have the discretion without delay for national assembly right thereafter and depending on the nature of the petition in question it would be submitted um, in the instance of a special petition which you will recall has to do with a request relating to uh, a pension This would be submitted to the Public Finance Committee for consideration. And then with respect to the general petition, this would be then submitted to the relevant portfolio committee dealing with the subject matter in question. If I may extend your petition, of course, some of the fundamentals as far as format is concerned is that the petition would have the petitioner's names. It would have their address You would have to articulate what your concern is um, and then propose a solution to the problem that you have submitted. This will then be considered and the outcome of that consideration will be communicated to the petitioners. And just one distinction, if I may highlight, uh, between the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces is that with the former, you need a Member of Parliament to take your petition to
1: the National Assembly, whereas with the National Council of Provinces, this is not required. Now, if you've just joined us, we're in conversation with Clement Mabunda from KW Attorneys, and we're talking about petitions. They're a popular uh, form of communication with our authorities. They're something that is becoming very much part of our lives nowadays, Especially with the easy access to communication that we have now. Now, thank you for the clarity on you know the technical aspects. But over the last couple of years, we've seen some big you know engagements and sort of petitions where you find. I'll give the very good example on the public engagement aspect of um, the um, amendment to the constitution or something like that. It wasn't exactly a petition, but it was something, and they had all these signatures after forumers and that all these signatures thousands of them on one point and parliament then considered it to be one thing rather, you know, one submission rather than, you know, many, many of them. Now moving to petitions, is that the case as well that you're submi- you know, you, you're submitting on one question and thousands of, 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 of petitions or, or signatures on one question or can it be broader than that to say, but, um, uh, I'm submitting this on a range of different things that we think should be petitioned to whoever the authority is. is there, do you follow what I'm saying? I follow what you're saying. And
0: I think, I think the issue with that has to deal more with the pragmatism of submission of that nature. It's a logistical thing. I think it's important to be succinct about what it is that you wish to achieve. Um, I've, I've always said our government can do a lot for people, but it cannot do everything. And so you will find a particular point of interest, gather the number of supporters that you feel are necessary, whether it's 10 people, whether it's 10,000, that is up to you, it's your election. And be clear about what it is that you are struggling with and be clear about the kind of relief that you are seeking from parliament. So from a personal view, I think that is a good uh, approach to take with regards to the way a petition should be submitted. If thousands of people submit individual um, petitions, which is their right, by the way, it can become quite overwhelming but if those thousands of people have the same concern the same issue why not consolidate all of them into one petition and have that addressed by the relevant authority whether it's the New national assembly or the national council of provinces i must admit, however that is my view how i feel it should be adopted
1: now what's in it for an organization to typically what would be in it for an organization to decide to to create this petition and to um, uh, then organize for the signatures to be done etc what typically motivates these well it depends which institution
0: we're talking about um i suppose if you're talking about a financial institute institution then they would be interested in legislations that um really first and foremost, um, reflect well and are good for business. If you are a religious institution, perhaps you wish to have certain freedoms brought to the attention of Parliament. Now, keep in mind, we are a constitutional democracy. And the whole idea of a petition is to, first and foremost, get involved in how Parliament creates legislation. Um, It's also having to do with oversight and... We are encouraged as, um, as people in South Africa to participate in these things. Now, the Constitution at um, Section 17 states that everyone in South Africa has a right um, to engage in uh, picketing, to assemble, and also to petition. And in Section 69D, it tells us that the National Council of Provinces. Um, has the platform to accept petitions. And 56D tells us that the National Assembly has the platform to also accept petitions. So it's all about involvement. It's involving the people in how the nation is run. So an institution is made up of individuals. It's made up of people. What do those people want?
1: Whatever that might be, they would wish to present that to parliament. Now, you've explained to us what happens once a petition is submitted and it goes through to the speaker, et cetera, et cetera. But we also just touched on the fact that um, we often don't know what the outcome of the petition actually is. Why is there this gap in the communication between, you know, what happens with the petition once it's submitted and the actual outcome of the petition? There seems to be a gap there. We submit these things... And then it's, well, we don't hear anything back. Is it parliament? Is it the organization? Is it us not following up? Where's the gap? You know, I, I think in my lifetime, I must have signed, I recall
0: signing one petition. I cannot at this stage recall what it was about, but I, all I know is it was a good one. But I never got any kind of feedback regarding it. Um, you're correct in saying that there seems to be some kind of disjuncture um, from the time that people... Um, sign for these petitions and when an outcome of the petition is made um, regarding whether or not that outcome is correctly communicated to the individuals. Now, you would imagine that once an outcome has been made, it would be perhaps um, articulated um, to a specific individual who precipitated the petition. And that individual perhaps could extend the outcome or the result of that petition to the constituencies, the, the number of persons who signed the petition. But it, it's difficult for me to take it further than that because even I myself, through conducting my own research, I have found it rather difficult to establish first and foremost what petitions have been made and secondly, what the outcome of those petitions were. And no. Perhaps it's something that the media needs to look into and, and you know and ask why is it that um, these outcomes are not um, generally and confidently articulated to people in South
1: Africa. I mean, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, because I mean, it, it is very important to know the outcome of whatever it is you're signing up
0: for. Listening to Law Focus. Connect with Law eighty-eight point one on Twitter and Facebook. Be
1: your own lawyer. Our social media is up and running, and we always appreciate you engaging with us here on this show. After all, it is your show. The platforms that we are available on are Twitter, at VowFM, using the hashtag LawFocus. On Facebook, we are VowFM. For podcasts, you can visit vits.journalism.co.za forward slash law, or the Viz Radio Academy page on Iono. We spoke to some of you to hear your views on whether you know what a petition is, how it works if you ever participated in one, and whether you think it's a worthwhile effort. This is what you had to say.
2: My name is Neo Putumela and i do know what a petition is it is when people get together to sign a sort of a memorandum um of demands to make something happen um yes i have participated in a petition it was locked down and there was uh, no tobacco products allowed and i signed a petition for tobacco products to be allowed under lockdown level three i think it was i actually don't know how it panned out, if it had any effect on the tobacco products being allowed to go on sale. I don't think petitions really work, to be quite honest. Um, I really don't know if they really work. I think maybe, I'm not sure. I don't know if they are effective to fight crucial issues. I really don't know.
3: My name is Rorisan Khosana. Um, Yes, I do know what a petition is, and I've participated in several petitions. There's a petition that I participated in by a desperate mother who wanted to convince the UK Department of Health to grant her permission to use cannabis oil for treating her son who had multiple seizures per day. The petition was a success, and the mother was indeed granted permission by the UK Department of Health to commence with the cannabis treatment for her ill son. She was very grateful for it. That was the only petition I signed where I received positive feedback. Um, I don't think uh, petitions are crucial in fighting crucial issues, um, particularly in South Africa, because petition is a form of protest or demonstration. And in South Africa, those are often ignored and dismissed.
4: My name is Nobushenkoma, and yes, I do know what a petition is, and I've participated in many. Uh, in fact, I am signed up with Amandla.mobi, and what they do is they garner support for a um, different range of um, topics, different issues, and you would receive an email uh, monthly or so and um, be encouraged to sign up if you believe in the cause. And I do believe that uh, petitions are effective in getting government, gu- especially to address many of those issues that those who would be garnering um, the petition for would be pushing.
5: My name is Lindy Um I do know what a petition is. I have um, participated in a number of um, petitions before. I have um, done a petition on sanitary pads. I've done on um, education and on poverty. I do think that petitions are effective if they are aimed at the right people, but if they're aimed at um, organizations like um, governments and stuff like that, I do think that they are as effective as if it's a smaller petition. I remember one that I did was for education at school, university, and it was basically about fees for international students. And that one, at least there was a bit of a discussion about it, and there was a resolution to the issue that was brought forward. But in terms of the ones of the poverty and sanitary pads, I do think that they are done, but nothing ends up being done, even after petitions are signed for that issue. My name
4: is Silwana Halani and recently I participated in an online petition in May proposing that schools remain closed for a further three months to ensure that all 24,000 schools have implemented necessary precautions to limit the spread of COVID-19. So as a parent is concerned with the safety of my children and the petition gave me and many other parents an opportunity to express our views by paying down our signatures. Although the courts dismissed... The application to halt the reopening of the schools, the petition gained a lot of traction and it also showed or taught us that we can use them as a new form of protest. I mean, a petition is a form of written request usually signed by many people or asking Parliament for its assistance or intervention on certain matters or grievances. So I believe that petitions are very effective and they're also extremely important for public participation because it enables citizens to voice their needs and their grievances. There's also been examples of effective petitions which have really influenced certain Parliament decisions. So, yes, petitions are definitely, definitely effective.
0: Law Focus, handing you your rights.
1: Now, welcome back to Law Focus. If you've just joined us, we're in conversation with Clement Mabunda from KW Attorneys, and we're talking about petitions. The buzzword, probably, of this year petition, petition, petition. We have been petitioning for a long time, whether it's, uh, you know, questions of gender-based violence, and um, we've been petitioning about all sorts of things, the lockdown, police brutality, um, and in other countries as well, there are petitions running, Black Lives Matter, etc. It's a modern and extremely effective way of communicating with the government of the day. So, welcome back, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this conversation. Cameron, tell us Are there any rules or or, or laws that say, this is what constitutes a valid petition? Is there something like that? This petition is valid, but this one is not valid. Uh, Is there a distinction like that? Yeah,
0: that's an interesting question. Um, uh, As I explained earlier regarding the rules um, of the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces regarding the format within which these petitions are to be made if they do not comply with the format they will not be entertained first and foremost Um, uh, it's not illegal per se but it it certainly will not be entertained now if your petition is requesting something that is patently illegal then clearly your petition (laughs) will not go any further (laughs) now what's interesting is that yes um, um Constitution makes provisions for you know making petitions, and over the years in South Africa, um, there have been even you know besides the rules of the National Assembly and the rules of the National Council of Provinces, there have been certain provincial legislations that have been created. For example, um, by the Gauteng Provincial Legislature regarding petitions, and in there there are a number of requirements and various uh, definitions of what a petition is or isn't. It includes, yes, those that we've discussed, the special petition, the general petition, but it it, it really quantifies them into different groups, which um, doesn't really take it further. In 2002, um, there was talks about a bill being created, and that this bill would essentially consolidate all of the provincial legislations into one piece of legislation, which could perhaps be named the National Petitions Act. And the whole idea behind that was to make it simpler, easier, accessible. People should understand what is required. Uh, and this would include, I imagine the legalities and illegality of a particular petition. So, until such time as a consolidated piece of legislation, which encompasses not just the rules of the National Assembly or the rules of the National Council of Provinces, but really amalgamates even the provincial legislations, which all of them would flow from the right that is given in the Constitution regarding the right of every individual to petition. So it's not particularly clear at this point what would constitute a petition but if one uh champions common sense one would say that if the contents of your petition are unlawful or illegal to the superlative
1: degree then it would not be considered right we only have a couple questions left um and it looks as though you know we could talk about this for a very long time um this is a, a show where we have a little bit of a time limit, unfortunately. But this is fascinating stuff for me. Um, I want to know, can a petition actually bind the body on which it is served? So I have a petition. I take the petition to the, uh, to whomever, the National Council of Provinces or to the National Assembly. And then I say, but we, I have these signatures you must act on this does it bind um the parliament whichever house it is to do what we wanted to do so a petition as said earlier by its nature is a request
0: for some particular relief um so does it bind them No. It at least not from a legal point of view but if the persons in this case the authority the Parliament that you are your petition to does not take your petition seriously. And you, as the petitioner and all your constituents, can exercise your democratic right in the future not to vote these individuals into power. So as we mentioned earlier, the whole point behind petitions is for the public to be involved in the making or the oversight of parliamentarians uh, vis-a-vis the making of laws or legislations, so no, it's not binding. But um, the outcome could nevertheless be negative for those members if positive action is not taken.
1: But I think I'm just for my last question. I'll ask you like a, a two-part question. Do you think uh, that our oh, um, you know petitions are actually a barometer of public opinion or are they something which is sways public opinion um uh, and then do you think that it is one of the better ways of engaging with government in terms of effectiveness well you know this is my
0: opinion but I, i feel that it is a barometer public opinion. You can secure X amount of signatures on a particular petition. It tells you about what people think, what people feel, especially having regard to the fact that people would read the petition. And, and this is why it's important that your petition is very simple. Nobody wants to read an essay. Keep your point clear, succinct. If people understand that and if they are in connection with it, they can support it. So it is a barometer of how people feel. Uh, Does it sway people? You know, in this digital age, I'm not persuaded that people are swayed by um, what might be contained in someone else's petition. Um, Information is quite readily accessible. uh, And and we live in a dynamic country where people have dynamic views. So no, I don't think it it necessarily sways, but it certainly is an indication of what a number of people feel about a particular matter,
1: yes. And in terms of, you know, uh, our citizens engaging with uh, its government isn't one of the better methods of doing so. I mean, we have many. Uh, We can uh, um, um, protest march, we can um, do all sorts of things. And petition is just one of the many ways in which we are allowed to. Do you rate it in terms of effectiveness uh, on uh, pursuing um, whatever aim the citizens want to achieve? I think a petition, in my view, it's, it's more that an introvert would take versus
0: an extrovert who would want to go out there, march, and make himself heard. And, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, marching, picketing, petitioning, and having some form of assembly are all classed into one uh, particular section in the Bill of Rights. Um, and so is um yes it's more uh, if you will a more gentleman's approach of articulating their concern where else who might be more dynamic and more outgoing might prefer to to picket and to
1: protest so there's a space for everybody uh, that's to you to, the, to you the listener if you're not into exactly. jumping up and down and uh and uh, and marching and singing struggle songs then you can petition you can do that it's it's, it's it's available to you and then you must follow it up because there's not really going to be a journalist following your papers so you must follow it up yourself shim and get the results yourself but that was our conversation on petitions and their importance their place in our democracy, they're important to us, as you can tell. They're as important as protest marches, as important as having rallies, uh, because they're a way in which we, as citizens of this country, can express ourselves. Joining us tonight was Clement Mabunda from KW Attorneys, and he was giving us his insights on the topic. Thank you very much, Clement, for joining us on Law Focus tonight. We hope you keep well. It's been a pleasure. Lawful consultant, 88.1. Point of information. So that's it for tonight. We hope you learned a thing or two about petitions, what the value they may add to different causes that some of you are passionate about. Thank you again for those who shared your views on the topic. To our guest, uh, Clement Mabunda from KW Attorneys, thank you for sharing your legal advice and expertise. We really appreciate your input. Remember that. Our democracy, just like any other, relies on its citizens to participate, to hold its public representatives accountable. It doesn't matter how you do that. But we can't let them simply do whatever they want. Not in a bad way, not in a good way, but they must be accountable to me and you, the citizens of this country. They are, after all, public servants. You and I are the public. And with that, I think we can leave you some nuggets and perhaps something that you can think about how you can participate in our democracy. From our producer, Refilia Mekwa, our technical producer, Kutwane Sarame, myself, Tep Mappi. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your evening. Law Focus Podcast.